oi oi what's happening people we are back hopefully you can hear me loud and clear as always i'm joined by my sparring partner quinny how you doing mate you good i'm good stashy boy i'm good uh getting back into the swing of things had some cards to open this week we bit of end product back in my life but i was enjoying watching from afar obviously stashy was on tour for the weekend and um but yeah all good mate good uh ready to rock for this week and uh, good to see you yourself I know, mate. I'm glad. Like, it's taken me a few days, actually, to get back to life after the uh, the madness of Glastonbury. I'd never been before. I heard so many people saying about, oh, you're going to be walking this and that. It's amazing. Wait till you get there, blah, blah, blah. So I had very high expectations, but I can see now the buzz about going to Glastonbury and doing it all. It is a lot of walking, though. My legs. I felt like I played, like, two football matches come, like, Monday when I woke up. And then on Tuesday, somehow... It like the pain had just spread to like my chest, and but yeah, here we are on Thursday, feeling probably at about ninety percent now. Uh, we go again on Saturday. I've got another gig in London, which is like an all-day thing. So yeah, it's uh it's that time of the year. Definitely is busy season, but uh, can't complain. And I got a bit of end product as well, which was nice. Just before uh, heading off to Glastonbury, picked up another little so so rare special tier five super rare which for a tier five i was actually quite pleased with it because it's a player that i was familiar with which is unusual when you get a tier five isn't it you think oh who's this like yes so the tier five i won which i think is a really good tier five is uh alan cervantes who plays for santos and i know of him because i've had his card before when he was an under 23 card and um, he used to be quite a consistent scorer every now and then he'd get an assist or a goal but he had quite a good aa um, so to have a super rare of a card like that, it's quite good because I expect him to play nearly every game for Santos. Um, and yeah, he is capable, if Santos hit a run of good fixtures, to get in those sort of 60-plus scores, which when you've got a super rare in those rare pro divisions, also in you know the cat modes, is great. So for a tier five, I was buzzing about that. Um, what did you pick up, Quinny? I heard you speak of a little bit of end product there. So I don't know, I'll tell you the contentious one, right, before I tell you the good one, right? So I finished like 22nd and 40th in under 23 pro and all-star rare D4. And the under 23 pro card, I thought this should be the best one. Tw top 20 in the pro division, tier two. And the guy's stats were brilliant. Can't mind his name. Bundesliga two, right? Mm -hmm. He is under 23 for another 36 hours. Um, and then he's not under 23 anymore. I can now remember his name. I've sold him now as well. If you're going to look at my gallery, you'll need to look at Worcester uh, <laughs> or something to, to, to see him. But his scores are a boss. And somebody told me as well after the video went out, he's actually moved to Schalke, which is a good move. But I hate Schalke, so I'm quite happy. I don't need to pay attention to him. It's just a pain in the ass to follow Schalke. In my experience, I just don't want anything. I don't want that in my life. I don't want, <laughs> I just don't want that. But, um, but yeah, he's under 23 for like a matter of hours, essentially, you know, like, um, and to win that for being 20, let's just say 20, top 25 in the Premier under 23 division. I just, at this stage, I just thought it was poor. And I wasn't sure if that was like swap eligible or whatever. But anyway, I sold it on and I moved on with it. But I just thought I would tell you about that one first and see what your thoughts would be on that. If you won something like that this week or last yeah. week, what would you be thinking? I think you're always a bit gutted when you, you win an under 23 and it's like already a 24-year-old, right? But especially right now, if you win one of those, you know you're probably not going to get any U23 utility out of it. So, yeah, I can definitely feel your pain there. Um, the Schalke shout, 
I think like that obviously is like a personal one. Um, <laughs> I quite like the idea of a Schalke card or two right now. Just I picked, I think I won a uh, Poulter just at the end of the season, and I thought I would hold on to that because that could be a really decent uh, forward card for like the D two next season. Um, I don't think the Bundesliga um, two gets quite as many fixtures as say like the Championship or La Liga two does, right? I'm not sure, but it's, it's a small division. If I'm not mistaken, it's not quite as busy fixture wise as some of the other D twos, which are always useful. If you've got a good card in D two, who has those midweek fixtures, then they can become quite useful as the season kicks on. Um, but yeah, I'm not too. I don't have too many Bundesliga two cards to know that much about them i think i'll learn a bit more this season playing with i've got a couple i think i won like the goalkeeper and i won this polter card so i've got um and obviously i've got a uh, tanaka but i don't know he'll he's probably not going to be fit for the start of the season so i'll i have a little bit of an eye on what's going on then i might learn a little bit more but um but yeah i don't like i don't mind the idea of a, a Schalke win but well, can... I've I've sent you a link to his page. I found his name just because it was bugging me. And then after a minute, but his name is Ron Schallenberg, and like his scores are solid. Like he's a top player, even at the age of twenty four, he's not exactly useless, you know. Um, but I see, I just thought, oh, his scores are great. That'll be a great under twenty three bolster, and it's like, oh well, he's actually twenty four. <laughs> he's actually not U twenty three any longer. So um, it, it just kind of changed that a little bit for me. I don't, you know, I got a decent enough price for him. I felt. Managed to turn around quickly, but I know what you mean. Like Schalke in that division two set, particularly Bundesliga two, it feels like a great division to get great scores out of um, out of players if you know what you're going for. And a guy like this on paper for anyone else out there who isn't like me and like repelled by Schalke, like everyone's got this. If you put on accumulators ever in your life, or maybe even if you've been playing somewhere for a year or two, there's teams that you're just repelled by where you're like, nah, I'm not touching that. I'm not going anywhere near them. They're a funny team or they're my bogey team or they always cost me or they always let me down or whatever it might be. And for me, Schalke is just one of them. So um, even though the, the, you know, looking at the guy's scores, I don't think they get worse being at Schalke like next season uh, personally. So it's one of those ones, pretty decent reward overall in terms of the profile of it, but just that whole, it's under 23 card. It's not under 23. It's a bit of a pain in the yeah, ass. Um, and the other card I won, Makes up for that quite well because he is under 23 next season, even though I got him out of the global prize pool. He's a forward card, although he's well known as a midfielder at Galatasaray, Italian international. His knees are made of chocolate. His ankles are made of glass. It's Nicolo Zaniolo. <laughs> I mean, this it's time, a forward card. that would have been like a top, top. That would have been a star. That would have been a star prize probably a year ago, right? Um, he obviously hasn't quite hit the ground running with the move um, that he got. But I remember a time on So Rare where he was one of the like wonder kids that everyone was picking up was massively overpriced when he was injured and stuff like that. And yeah, yeah. I mean, he if he comes good, that could not that could be a pretty useful card, especially a forward card like you said. Um, and has he still got U twenty three utility? Is he still yeah, until next season? Nice. So I've been getting all his stuff on my feed now because I've got his card. So it looks like he's mad happy at Galatasaray, but he's a mad U of A fan. So he's saying I'm buzzing to stay at Gala, but if U of A come, I'm going. Yeah. Kind of vibes. So I think either way that's good as long as he's fit. So I'm quite happy with that. Which for a, I thought for a tier two, a tier two for finishing 40th in All Star Rare, I thought that's a great one. You know, market value aside, you know, I thought that was great. 
quite chuffed yeah, with that. So, aye, so, some decent end product from, you know, all had like four teams go out, expecting two or three of them to be competitive, two of them were. Uh, this midweek, I was putting out like uh, maybe one or two teams with a view of maybe one of them being competitive, I think, because I expected that third game of under 21 Euros to be rotation crazy. None of my goalkeepers played in actual fact, except for Sean Johnson, who played for America. I didn't even see that coming. I had him in training. Yeah, uh, yeah so absolute kicking the stones for me. I don't know if I'm just having a quick glance over my scores now. I don't think I had the potential to build one winning team out of my scores. I think everyone who I had who did play, yeah, did. Uh, so let's see. Sean Johnson would be my top scorer. And then we're talking about 40s and 30s behind that, yeah. So maybe would have got threshold, maybe if I got like the perfect five, but a dead midweek for me. Yeah, I'm looking at a quite nice uh, midweek as it stands. I've got uh, like likewise similarly to you. I didn't have a great deal of teams out. I did have a few goalkeepers available. Um, Raphael, I have a rare and a super rare of him, um, and he kept a clean sheet, so that set up quite nicely. A few teams. So I've still got two to play in cap 270 rare, and I'm sat on 236 points at the moment. Um, I've got uh, a midfielder and a defender to play in the American divisions uh, later on this, this evening. My cap 240 super rare um, is currently on 277 points. So, so long as uh, Palacios doesn't get sent off in the game that's playing right now as we speak, uh, then that will hold up for a nice bit of threshold activity um, but yeah, he's 19 points away from putting me in the cards there as well. I'm I'm currently in 10th. So um, if he can get a decisive, that would be nice. They're 1-0 up at the moment. Um, but both of my Chengdu cards have managed to uh, miss the decisives thus far. But I've got a Palacios Rare and a Felipe Super in my All-Star Rare Pro as well. So And another player to play in that. So there's every chance that that scrapes in a reward somewhere. I know the reward pools were quite slim this week, weren't they? So like that kind of put me off putting a team into U23 Rare Pro. I did have an entry there. Um, and, you know, like Cherky went out and hit 100, um, which would have been fantastic if I'd have used him in U23 Rare Pro. Jesus Ferreira hit a hat-trick, hit 92.5 base score. So if you put that into a division where they get the 29% bonus, whatever it is I've got for him on that card. Uh, my Kenneth Taylor also scored. So... It's been a pretty good week for the few cards that I did have playing. Um, but yeah, I decided to go into Cap 240 Super Rare. That looks like it hopefully will do okay. Cap 220 Super Rare. I'm currently in fourth. I've got Julian Araujo to play for Mexico. Um, hopefully, nice. he sat on the bench the whole game last week. So, we'd like to think that he gets some bite of the cherry in that game. Um so, yeah, at the moment, I'm like seven points off a tier four super rare. Um, I'm fourth at the moment. Uh, projection on so, so rare data, which has a lovely update, by the way. We'll get into that in a sec. Um, second place projected in cap 220. So I think that obviously boils down to whether or not Araujo plays any part in that game. But if he starts, we could definitely be aiming pretty high there. Um, so, yeah, it's been a pretty decent game week, considering my options were quite slim. Um, really happy with that. Should hopefully come out of the week with at least a threshold um, in Super Rare, which is amazing, right? Um, we've got a few yeah. people in the chat, actually. We'll get into that before we move on. Um, Moldy7890 says, I won my first ever Super Rare midweek. Emre Goke, his rookie, one of 100. 
card looking great. Plays for Sivaspor. Nice. We're getting some sub appearances at the end of the season. That's always nice to see. Uh, a rookie, one of a hundred as well. That's a great win. I, I don't think one of ten. Many... If it's a super rare, I guess. Ten, yeah. Sorry, super rare. One of ten. So uh, yeah, nice for the uh, yes. the collectible uh, aspect of it as well. If you've got the number one. Um, and the rookie, then you're getting double bubble on your bonus points for your collection score, right? So uh, that's a great card win. Congratulations. Um, someone else, Ye Ye Yenatan, has said, uh, can we talk about the under-21 Euro quarterfinal? Definitely think we should get into that, Quinny. Um, and then we've got another one um, from Moldy saying that they are happy that Sora is covering the Copper Sudamerica, but some of these games are absolute walkovers. Um, Estudiantes were 1.02 to win. I guess it is good if we can plan ahead. I guess it is good if you can plan ahead, right? I think if we had known a bit earlier, the market would have been scrambling to pick up certain players. What do you reckon, Quinny? Uh, perhaps, but some of these guys are quite difficult to track down. I've got a few guys playing in this, and I've got a sneaky guy playing Friday morning before the game week closes, by the way. Uh, and his name is Arezo. He plays for Penarol in Uruguay. Yes. And uh, he's like a wee wonder kid type, type guy. He so was in Spain, I had right? him. He was in Spain, wasn't he? I was looking at his card recently. Yeah. Yeah, I've got a card from Granada. And uh, so so they play like Friday, which is cool. But I put him I put him in a team that doesn't work. But anyway, I've got uh, so I've got him. And I'm sure there's other ones out there, like Moldy Sane. But I think planning for those guys, for the most part, you kind of need to have them already. Because now, like... Especially if it's just for the game week, you're trying to buy somebody on deadline situation. You're never going to probably get them at an economic rate that's like keeps you happy to roll the dice on them. You know, yeah. those ones are just really happy. Like I was mad happy I had a rezo in my gallery when I seen him there. I was like, oh, he's got a game. <laughs> Hallelujah! Yeah. I've got a striker. How did that happen? You know, like <laughs> that's how those ones pay in. You know, I was saying to Laird, I think it was actually when uh, I was chat chatting with him, but like you need a bit of mess sometimes because yeah. that's you know that kind of thing happens now and again, and when it happens now and again, you're normally quite uh, better off for it. So, yeah, the more coverage, the better on meaningful competitions. Which we're not going to go back down the Saudi wormhole this week, we've done no. that, I think, enough times recently, enough. Um, but meaningful competitions with enough meaningful so rare cards, etc., etc., been involved in it the more the better. Yeah, for sure. So good to hear we're enjoying that as well. I've got the Euro under 21 quarterfinals up, Stish, right? Now, I don't know if you know this, but you probably do. It's probably front page news. England beat Germany. Yep. And not, you know, so Germany are, are not, you know, they've been eliminated in the group stages in shame at the hands of England, you know. So England are playing in the quarterfinal now against Portugal, who did kind of, you know, didn't really blow the group stages away necessarily. Yoritan, who brought it up, his team, I can't remember where they got to in the World Cup. Was it third or fourth place, maybe the final or something? But under-20 level Israel were cooking earlier this summer. The under-21s are in the quarterfinal against co-hosts Georgia, yeah. which will be a spicy game to watch for the neutral. Uh, we've got Spain as well against Switzerland. Uh, Switzerland were, you know, decent enough, I suppose. And we also have uh, France and Ukraine lined up in the other one. I'm just thinking, are we missing some ties here? Because I do think... Uh, no, we're not. I don't know why I thought Norway got through. I don't think my trip in Norway didn't get through, did oh, they? There's eight teams left, isn't there? They're yeah, all... yeah, that's fine. That's them all. I'm just what happened to Norway in the end. I thought Norway were close. Or oh, Switzerland got through right at the end. That's what. Oh, okay, I don't. Okay, ignore me. I thought because Italy lost, it meant Norway were going to go through, but obviously it didn't. 
good uh, good quarterfinals. I fancy England to to go all the way from what I, the little that I have seen. Obviously, I was away the weekend, um, so I missed a lot of the fixtures, but followed the scores. But uh, I know France kind of kicked on yesterday, and rightfully, you know, we talked about France a couple of weeks back on the podcast, didn't we? And how strong they look uh, squad wise, the depth they've got, um, and the the pedigree, I guess, in terms of like first team. Uh, experience that they have compared to some of the other nations in the tournament. But um, England, I watched yesterday against Germany and I just feel like they barely even had to kick into second gear. Um, it was a really yeah. easy, for want of a better term, performance for them. And I think that there's some good quality in that England team. Um, and similarly to France, there's some depth there. But I think that um, our depth is a little bit overweighted in the sort of like midfield forward um region on the pitch whereas france's depth is kind of all over and uh it'll be interesting to see how these fixtures pan out but um i do fancy england against portugal i think uh they got enough to squeeze through and then i think from the semis onwards you know it depends on who turns up on the day really because that's you know business end of the tournament then but i've been quite impressed with england and france what i've seen i've only seen highlights of israel but um they have looked good as well in the in the video, the clips that I've watched. Uh, but yeah, be really intrigued to see how those fixtures pan out on the weekend. Have you got anything invested in those, Quinny? Any players that you've got uh, out there running for you? Well, the way the tournament trees panned out, Stashy Boy, is England are playing Portugal, as you said, right? But they will then face the winners of Israel-Georgia. Now, England ran over Israel in the group stages, so... Mm. If Israel get past Georgia, you can probably expect a repeat of that in the semi-final, unfortunately, for Israel. But Israel were very good against Germany. Like Israel looked like Germany in that game. They were yeah. really clean, really good. Went a man down. You know, they, they very much deserve to qualify out of the group. Georgia, I seen Georgia are very much like um the stereotypical defensive counter-attack kind of team, you know. Um that's the way they've played anyway. Israel kind of want to play like that too, so the game might be quite open, so it's hard to see who'll get by there. But you would think England have got a route to the final. Beat Portugal, you're then playing Georgia or Israel, and then you're in the final. On the other side of the tree, my boys, Spain in this one, are playing Switzerland. So I hope they can get by that. And then they will face the winner of France Ukraine. France, of course, huge favourites to go all the way to the final probably, but uh, Ukraine have got Trubin and goals, so it's like two people. So if it goes to extra time or anything crazy could happen, you never know. That could be the banana skin like mm-hmm. uh, quarterfinal, as it were. Wouldn't rule it out. Because Italy getting eliminated already, Belgium been eliminated already, Holland are not in the knockout rounds. Yeah. You know. There's some stuff's happened already, you know, there's been some casualties. Uh, I wouldn't rule that one quite out just yet. But um that means there'll be a semi-final probably of Spain, France. And then it's going to be the winner of that to play probably England. So it's going to be a really good, uh, really good and competitive knockout rounds of, of this. I'm going with Spain still. I think Spain, along with England, is probably the, the two best teams that I've seen. I've not seen any for France, by the way. Yeah, I've not seen any France, by the way. But yeah, I think they've been the two best looking teams I've seen, certainly. So yeah, Spain versus England, the final. We heard it here first. Yeah, I, I saw uh, the highlights of France and I... I think I think that they I'm I'm going to go with an England France final um and mm-hmm. yeah I mean that I don't know I don't know what way it goes there I think it really depends then how much England have to kick on to get into that final because I think France are going to have to play their way through a few tough tougher games you know like I said uh, England have already 
um, played against Israel. Um, so if they can get past this round, then you'd expect them to make it to the final. But France are going to have to beat a strong-looking Spain side. Uh, but I do think France were really impressive in their last game. They seem to have found their rhythm now. And uh, yeah, I think they're playing the football we expected to see of them at the tournament, finally. Um, they're looking solid at the back, uh, for the most part, at least. Um, but, you know, they've got players like Kakare and Cherky kind of recreating some of the form we saw from them at Lyon. They're linking up well. They've got Guiri there as well. So there's a nice synergy there between players who play with each other or have, or know of each other, you know, have played in international uh, grade tournaments together for years in some cases. Um, and, you know, all of us that play so rare feel like we've known about these players forever. Uh, they've been, you know, in our watch lists for seasons now and uh, they're still at under 21 level, which is incredible, but definitely seen some good talent on show. Have you seen any players that have um, kind of like taken your fancy from any of this stuff that you've seen up to this point, Quinny? I was quite impressed with a Ukrainian defender who has now been linked actually with a pretty decent transfer. I forget where it's to. Uh, and the guy's name, it begins with a T, it's a Tanoverov or something, he's been playing for Ukraine, if you look at the Ukraine squad, you'll find him quite quickly, um, he's been good, uh, Tenas, my boy in goals, has been pretty decent as well, he's made a bit of a name for himself in this tournament, um, yes. and he, beyond that, uh, there was a guy in the Norway team that really surprised me, or not really surprised me, really impressed me, but I've forgotten his name, as of right now, um, and I say Israel were all pretty tidy, I think Germany were quite disappointing, but even in the, the Germany game, I did see glimpses of some of their players being quite handy. There's a the big centre-back, what was his name? Oro Jan Bissek or something like that. And yeah. This guy, mate, was like playing back back three, back five with Germany. Israel are camping in. Israel, let's say, were very good for it, but the big guy at the back was just, he's about seven foot tall, huge, and got a good range of passing and whatever. He was kind of at fault for Israel's goal, but he scores, he made it 1-1. Um, and he'd been playing in Denmark at AGF Aarhus, as uh, some people might know. And uh, he's just, I think he's transferred to Inter Milan now, like oh, wow. a few days ago. So he's a name you might see, because uh, I think Screenar is going to be leaving Inter Milan. He's been threatening to leave forever anyway. He's probably going to PSG, I'm sure that's done by now. But uh, Bastoni's, there's always some rumours around him in the Premier League once every once in a while. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, and Zaggy, I think it's, you know, maybe I'll move us on to something else, I don't know, but like, yeah, and they're doing some good business, I've seen that Bissick at the tournament and he's done pretty well. One person that there was a lot of hype going into the tournament, especially transfer-wise, was Gabriel Vega, we've barely seen him kick a ball yet in this one, so he's yet to turn up, you were mentioning France, but yeah. it feels like it's, you know, Cherky and the, the France boys are ready to write his, some headlines, but I've not, I've not seen France, so it's hard to really, to, to gush on it. I was really surprised um, watching England... Uh, with uh, Gibbs White, I think he surprised me, the quality that we've seen from him up to this point. I, I just think maybe because he plays at Forest, they're not a team that I've watched too much of last season. Um, but, you know, I always sp hear people speak very highly of him. And, you know, I've, I've seen moments of him playing in the Premier League where he looked a good player. But seeing him in the England setup, in the in the games that he's played in up to this point, he's been really impressive. And... I'd be intrigued to see what happens with him should he have another good season at Forest. I don't imagine he leaves there just yet, but it'd be good to see him kick on. He's definitely impressed me. Um, he's a better player than I thought he was. Um, so, yeah, he was He was one. He was one that yeah. uh, I'll probably be keeping an eye on. Uh, 
Channy's in the chat. How's it going, Channy? Welcome to the chat. Uh, he said, That's have fun. you guys talked yet about the Sorares card design? And the answer to that question is no. Quinny, Sorares, uh, as we've actually as we as we've been online they have released imagery of these new sort of special card designs for the players who auction. were voted for they're on auction now there's a special edition sorares card for uh, the winners of those sorares kind of like voted for by the players and fans uh, they look really nice do you think you'll be picking any up quinny any any cards in there that you so there's 99 rares on auction at the moment in 290 limiteds. I'm probably not going to get any of the limiteds. I'm just having a look at who the rares are. I don't know if everyone gets one or if everyone gets five or what it is, but it's 99. I think each division had five nominations or so, didn't they? Five yeah. categories. Uh, some of the cards are really good. Uh, Nep made a fantastic tweet about it, but it's like it says so rare at the bottom of the card, but like it should say like player of the year. So really yeah. winner 2023 24 or something, you know. Um, it should be a bit more like the you know, the card should almost be a trophy in itself, a declaration of winner of this, you know, kind yeah. of vibe, because that's what it's supposed to signify. The design itself is quite cool, it's a wee bit it's a bit know, safe, it's, isn't it? A bit safe. I've, you know, safe. normally they do change the background for the stuff in the past, but I think I like the champion edition ones where it's like cracked badges and stuff coming through mm. in, previous, uh, in previous special editions as well. Like, I think, yeah, they could have done, because we've seen how much effort, they well, not how much effort, but the new player edition MLS cards look really good and they were getting some publicity this week. Yeah. These aesthetically won't do that. They won't no. get that kind of it. No one's going to open that and go, oh, look at my Pascal Gross cards. It's amazing, isn't it? It's kind of like, okay, it's just a bit, it's kind of just shiny, isn't it? It's just, yeah. Right. I'd like to have seen a little bit more on the front sort of like focus of the card design. I think that they kept the same shape on the kind of window that the player pops through. And, you know, like we've seen with like the rookie cards, they have almost like a sheen look to them. Um, and I think it'd be nice if we saw a bit more of that on the front, like on the outer sort of design of the card, or maybe a different shape box. Like you said, we've had those crack designs in the past that look really nice. But um, yeah, it feels a bit safe. I think if you put them in your gallery, they're not going to stand out quite as much as you'd want them to um, next to like the normal cards. So I'm not sure that I'll be overpaying for any of them. But I think especially the Premier League ones, eh? Because normally, yeah. like, they've got so the, these look a little bit different to launch edition, don't they? Yeah, but they kind of look like normal so rare cards more than that launch edition vibe, you know. The Premier League ones don't they definitely have a little bit less of a, a pop on them, I would, I would think, you know. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that, but yeah, likewise as well. I think I probably wouldn't bother with any limited ones, it would have to be a rare for me, but um, I don't know if they if there's been any announcement on whether or not any of these would be available in rewards if these are just going to be auctioned it'd be i wouldn't mind winning one as a reward but i, I doubt very highly that they're going to do that right i'm pretty sure they've never done that unless they have a special weekly where it's like a sereri's special weekly um yeah i haven't seen anything about that unless you know anything that i don't um no, i've not but yeah i think um i think there's some something some in the chat sr monkey Good to see you. Uh, I suspect the new 23-24 season cards will launch next month will have backs. Um, I personally can't see that. 
because they would have to change a lot about the website to start displaying backs of cards. Maybe, you know how cards kind of have backs now when you open a reward, you can tell, oh, that's a criminal, that's this. So maybe, like, if you mean that, then maybe maybe that makes sense, but... Um, I'm quite sure that they have always had backs. They have backs right now, I'm pretty sure. They're just so, playing the ones but they're just like We just don't see them or whatever. There's no way to... I don't know, but I'm pretty sure they actually have backs as yeah. it is. Chani said that he's kind of so red survey asking about customization and personalization of so rare cards. I mean, that would be interesting. I mean, before I understood how the player edition cards worked, I bought a uh, Neda Manua's one of a hundred because I thought oh, I can get him to sign it or get like his verification. So I hit him up and was like, I've got your card on so rare. Obviously he'd retired. So it was never going to be of any use to me, but, they, they did actually, like, auction a card of his when he was at Rail Salt Lake. Um, so I still got that in my collection. And I thought, oh, I can get him to, like, okay it, and then So Rare will turn it into a signed version. But that's not how it works, which I found out once I got in touch with them about it. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that would be cool, right? If there was some way to get, like, your players to digitally sign your cards, like a digital autograph, but, like, you have to maybe meet the player in person and they have to, like, sign a... I don't know how it work, would work, but how cool would that be if, like, you could go to, say, like, a so rare event because you've won a, an event or something like that, you've won a league and you've won tickets to go to a Bundesliga game and meet meet a player. And it's like, right, when you meet that player, they can sign, like, a, you know, a blockchain thing. It goes off and then on the back end, so rare can then turn, like, transform your card into, like, a signed signature version, which would have to look different to the player signature version, right? But... Maybe it is a squiggle over the face or something. I don't know, but that would I'd love that. I don't know how feasible something like that is, but I know like outside of SoRare on the blockchain, you can update metadata of an NFT and that includes the imagery. So there's no reason they couldn't have, you know, like a, get the graphic designer to like stamp Tony Cruz's autograph over his face on your card and update the metadata so that your Tony Cruz now becomes a signed version. Um yeah, that would be cool. I'd love that. Uh, and yeah, he's picking up some good good points here on the kind of customizing element as well. Because like, I've never thought about being able to customize the cards, and I, I can understand where the kind of I. So I don't know what to do with the backs of them. Sorry, Stash, but I, I just think um, what Chani's kind of brought up there is definitely an interesting part of it because there's definitely a thing of like, you know, people wanting you know, their cards to look their way, perhaps, you know, it doesn't cost money as a kind of vanity exercise, but I don't think allowing full customization on the actual card um, is is the way to go. It, you know, because I would imagine it being at least semi-permanent, like it's not something you could just change, yeah. just, it's not like playing about with paint, just going, oh, just make it pink today, because yeah. I feel that way, why not? And then Throw a cock on someone's head or something like that, and then try and yeah, sell it. <laughs> exactly, something stupid, yeah, Some exactly. So do that, to be fair, like, you know, well, Andy Black. Andy Black. Just buy up the buy up the supply of a player you hate and uh, draw like penises all over their cards and put them back on the market or something. But you know, there's people out there who would definitely do that. But yeah, I don't think it's. I, I wouldn't like to see that kind of custom. I think it would have to be controlled customization. Like yeah. uh, people in the chat saying, I'd be like looking for food actually in the chat saying it'd be cool to customize with their own club badge. Um, I think I like the idea of that to an extent, maybe from a dis for a displaying purpose of like, this is my team for the week. And then maybe it's almost like a bat, like 
you know how you can put cards inside those kind of like the the containers that have like the grading so maybe a you sleeve. can do that. yeah like a sleeve like you have your own sleeve that you can like slide your cards in for display in your teams or whatever but then selling them on the marketplace i think you you shouldn't ever be able to like lose the club and like for licensing reasons they would never allow that either they can't delete real madrid's badge to put like barcelona next to tony cross that would never fly but you could maybe like contain your cards inside a display case that has like the badge on the corner or something like that that kind of thing maybe i, I think we could see that sort of thing might pop up in the club shop you know like club shop customization uploading your own kind of like badge that kind of stuff i think is a club shop thing rather than a, a card customization thing what do you reckon i think you need to give i think you need to in terms of what, what you're trying to achieve here is you're trying to get me to feel my identity a bit more as cheesy as that might sound in my team in my club you know so that when i'm putting it on a leaderboard when you see it on a leaderboard if i send it to my mates in a group chat if i put it on twitter it looks different to everyone else's team the cards sure. help you do that obviously because that's your team and i've had this card for three years and this one's brand new and all that stuff's going on but it is that almost like that sleeve that box that your cards are in you know almost is i think the the level of customization it needs to get to when it's like borderline create a character levels of yeah. picking color image this pattern you know of different varieties of stuff i want the background to be like this the pitch will be bluegrass or whatever you know or you know and be able to adjust everything that can display your page and then if you were to share stuff on social media i think it's more the way to go than allowing customization on cards from players personally I think that's well, the thing about them being digital sorry to just uh, but like that's one of the things about these digital cards that they are that they have an advantage they are superior to the physical ones is they are mint condition guaranteed for life yeah you know it's a fit you know the origins you know the authenticity you know the condition that's all guaranteed with us there's no like you know buying a card off ebay it says it's a grade 10 or whatever yeah. never mind if it's real never mind if it's made you know whatever so um I don't yeah i don't really like any interference on that but that's just me i think as well like if they if anything like they did come into play i'd like to see it locked off to not every card like maybe it's something that you can only do if your card is above like level 17 or something like that so it's like something that's been in your collection for a long time so it's like personal to you therefore you can personalize it in some sense but you know if you can just do that with any card you buy off the market you're going to get people just swooping in to buy a messy do something to it and then try and shift it on um but yeah i think uh interesting chat something we've never really spoken about on the podcast before and uh yeah be intrigued intrigued to see how that kind of pans out um but yeah to go back to the the series cards i think they're quite they're quite safe quite tame they look cool but uh but yeah, I'm not sure that I'm going to be uh, be forking out for any of them. I think a lot of the cards that won are not really, barring a couple, that useful to my gallery. And I think the ones that are are going to be quite expensive anyway and probably not really what I need to be picking up just yet. Um, How is your market activity looking at the moment, Quinny? You've been dipping in. and I know like, you know, like there's been a lot of market activity in the real world outside of So Rare. Um, in the football world have you been have any uh movers and shakers caught your eye we've been tempted to dip into the market due to a bit of transfer activity thus far 
Yeah, I've been mad busy on that front. Um, not necessarily with transfer business like actually happening. I got a Mark Rocker like two weeks ago. I think we spoke about that, right? But last night I was toying, I was tossing and turning on my. I've been on a little spree. Um, I won't go into the full thing of, of all that just uh, but like. I was tossing and turning about what to do with the last little bit. I was thinking about maybe trying to get a uh, super rare situation XP'd up or whatever. And uh, I seen the announcement or I seen the speculation come from one of the good Atletico Madrid accounts that Samuel Lino was going to be moving to Braga, who I think finished third last season. They broke the top three, if memory serves me right, Braga. And um, previously, I know this because I was super hyped for Samuel Lino before he kicked a ball this year. It was he was amazing while he was on loan in Portugal from Atletico Madrid. And uh, if you look at his scores, you can go into so rare data, hit all time, and then filter by Gil Vicente, and he's like Cicinha or something. <laughs> so uh, he's moving to Braga. Gil Vicente were never third in the league or anything like that, you know, when he was playing there, just for context. And Braga, yeah, finished third ahead of Sporting Lisbon in fourth, uh, which is phenomenal. So Braga will be going into Champions League qualification, and uh, anyway, Champions League or not, I don't really care. Domestically, he's going to rinse. We all know Braga are good at home anyway. And look at the scores in Portugal. So anyway, he was just about basically the amount of sitting in my wallet, seeing him on the market. I've wanted a Lino all season. And it's always been like Valencia kind of crap. And then what happens in the summer when he goes back to Madrid? Do they treat him like Correa and all these other guys and just rotate him off the bench every so often? Or whatever, but then as soon as the, the, this kind of light at the end of the tunnel came, so glad I had a wallet at the tip of my finger, and I just went boom. Don't need to tell me twice. <laughs> Give me a bit of that. So that's a bit of payoff for like really knowing the guy and why I like him. You know, I wear the you know like remembering like I know I like this guy because he was better somewhere else, and there was a blah blah blahs and blah blah blahs, and then when I move like that comes. It's, for me, anyway, I need to be really convinced on it to do something like that at the drop of a hat. Um, particularly this season, because I'm trying to learn from the poor mistakes I made last season. I did set out the philosophy stash uh, last summer transfer window where I don't care who it is. I'm going to get them. As soon as Celtic are linked to somebody, I'm going to get a super rare. I'm going to get a rare. I'm going to get anything I can get as soon as they become linked because we normally close most deals. And that didn't really work out overly amazing. Um, but anyway, so this... Transfer window, it's more about if I'm going to action on transfer moves, it's going to be guys like Samuel Lino, who's going to be an under 23 challenger forward next year at Braga with midweek utility, uh, which is just amazing, you know. So, things like that. Um, that was a great development last night, and that's the main kind of transfer pop that I've got for you. <laughs> that's great. I've just seen that. Uh, I think DD Sore is in the chat. DD Sore, I've just sent uh, a Quinny sold me on him. I've just sent a yeah. uh, an offer over. It might not be. Uh, it's probably not going to be of interest to you. I've just noticed that DD so rare paid uh, more than I've just offered for him. I just went off of his last uh, auction, but but yeah, DD so rare. Um, if you're trying to get him off off your uh, books, there is an offer there that you can uh, refuse from me in in there. But uh, that's funny that I've just put that offer in, and then he's popped up in the chat straight away. But he says uh, he's very hyped for Lino. DD um, has been on the channel in the, the Lino fan club with me all season. You know, he's been frustrating because Valencia have been mince, you know. But mm. he's, he's maybe delivered DD a wee bit of joy this year. He's had a few 70s and stuff, but not many. Yeah, yeah. But next year, man, he's he's good to go, man. Yeah. No, I prob DD probably got a uh, yeah a, an offer that he can refuse there. 
but, <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm you sold me on him, Quinny. He sounds uh, an interesting prospect. U23 forwards, uh, always nice to have it in the in the gallery, and um, yeah, respectfully uh, decline DD. I totally get you on that. <laughs> I just sent him what looked like, yeah, I didn't even get as far as looking at what you paid for him, so that's why the uh, the offer was where it was, but yeah, I normally you know, like. I don't know about you when you're putting in offers, but I always like to look at what they paid for them, where they've listed them, what they've recently sold at, and find off some harmony between all of them. That's like, yeah, I think, um, yeah, yeah. So that was why that, it went in above his last sale, but you know, below the, what he was listed for. But yeah, had I had seen how much they would they had bought him for, I probably wouldn't have sent that kind of offer. But um, but good luck if you are trying to sell him DD. I think you know. When he talks him up, well, you might get a few bites <laughs> that cherry uh, once this podcast goes live tomorrow. <laughs> uh, Channy's saying that we need foremost Mendy to get a move. And uh, yeah, I've been keeping tabs on that. He's been linked to a few places, but um, yeah, I'll I'll definitely have a keen eye on that move as well. I think he's got he's got places to go. Definitely that kid. And uh, yeah, I'll be hoping for Rems because I've got uh, do you. I think a nice little that would be a great little defensive U23 uh, partnership. So I'm hoping that Rem's come back in for him. Um, but yeah, we were talking off air about a few I've had my eye on. Obviously, Dylan Levitt is being linked to Cardiff City today, and as a Levitt unique holder, um, that one interests me a lot. I think that'd be a great move. You know, going to Wales, he's probably going to play as like a kind of fringe Welsh international player. Um, in the championship, where we're going to get all of that extra utility midweek, I would love to see that move um, come to fruition. So, yeah, there's a lot. I think I think I was saying on the podcast last week, I'm trying not to react to news. Rather, I'm trying to keep an eye on what my gallery is doing in terms of where they're moving. Um, and then maybe I'll react more to, if they move here, what do I need to put around them from said club? That might be the more... The kind of moves that I might be making rather than jumping on the hype train as soon as someone's linked somewhere you know you can end up massively overpaying and then cards get minted and they start coming out cheaper than you paid for them so that was a lesson I learned and got burnt on this time last year so I'm trying not to jump into uh, any of the really hyped transfer stories I'm looking a little bit further afield um, because I noticed that a few cards a few clubs are in like Liga MX are still trying to like get a good keeper in, get a number one in. There's a lot of goalkeeper roulette still happening there. Um, and the season kicks off this weekend for a lot of those clubs. So I've been keeping um, a keen interest in that, trying to nick a little bit of info where maybe it will fly under the radar. You know, those kind of bits of transfer news that you have to translate, that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, if anything, I've been keeping an eye on that and a little bit more on where my cards might end up next season. Um, but I haven't been too busy in the market other than that, really. Um, and I think this is hopefully going to be, I think I'm always looking at the market though, like just out of habit, just to see, oh, what's, what's an auction at the moment? And I might put a couple of bids in, but unless it's something that I absolutely really want to win, really want, and I, and I get it at a good price or what feels like a good price, I kind of, I set my like max limit. And then if it doesn't win, I go again on the next one. Um, but there hasn't been anything too exciting in the market for my current wants and needs. Um, so, yeah, I've been pretty quiet this uh, 
this cl closed season. I've put a few offers in for a few bits and bobs, but um, but nothing, nothing concrete just yet. Uh, I'm sure, you know, ask me again next week and I might have spent two ETH on something I don't really need. But yeah, just trying to grind away with what I've got for now. And who knows, might win a card or two along the way. That's the plan for now, at least. Yeah, I've went on a wee kind of mini spree of just going and getting some rares picked up for a few different uh, individual reasons. But I just, you know, as we're talking transfers and whatever, uh, two of them, well, one of them, I picked up Manu Sanchez, under 20, one Spain backup left back, it turns out, looked to be number one coming into the tournament. Uh, he's transferred to Celta Vigo to be left back, and uh, Atletico Madrid have signed Yavi Galan from Celta Vigo, so it's been a kind of money and player thing. And I don't know if you've seen this dish, but Rafa Benitez is the manager of Celta Vigo now. I didn't know that. So, I, yeah. didn't know, I haven't followed too much. I've, I've watched them a couple of times, but it didn't didn't even appear. So I think we've got our prime candidate to be the 20 or whatever for next year, because for anyone that's not totally up to speed on this, like the, kinda, the football brain behind Celta Vigo is that guy, Luis Campos, who is also at PSG, that Mbappe insisted on his contract renewal that PSG hire. And they've had, since I've been following them and been playing with them with Soria cards at Celta Vigo, they had Kude, a big Argentinian guy who was quite good. And then they had that guy Carvajal, who was in Mar in, in England for a while, and he had all the weird uh, analogies and whatever about fishing and stuff. And they were quite, they're kind of good as well. They've been doing some transfer business over the last two or three transfer windows. But now dropping a manager in there like Benitez, there's a kind of, like, the defence kind of needs rebuilt a bit. And then you need it to be Benitez a bit, but like Celta Vigo, no midweek football. I, I think they could be strong, like top seven, top six contenders. And if you're going to do that in La Liga, what does that look like? Well, it looks like not conceding many goals. Mm. You may get some cards in a Rafa Benitez team in Spain. You'll probably get goals as well because I know his Real Madrid stint wasn't that popular or whatever, right? But when he was Valencia manager, you know, he won the league with Valencia. You know, like he was a, you know, you know, he knows that league. So I, I fancy Benitez to, I think he'll be brilliant, honestly. like, So they'll be doing a lot of business. So they're a team to maybe keep a wee eye on. Manu Sanchez is in at left back, and that's the kind of news on that one, I suppose. Um, Gabri Vega going out will release some money. The goalkeeper's a big problem. No one buy a goalkeeper in the team because who knows what the goalkeeper will be. Um, but yeah, another one that came to mind I thought I would I would give you. Because I think, like again, one of the great things about Sorare and one of the great creases is sometimes going for those teams that are good, that don't play every midweek and don't have all the utility in the world and aren't, you know, the big expensive team or whatever. So if you can find where some of these teams are shopping, get them in before the cards get like hit on the team sheet, as it were. And before they start putting up big scores, you just need to look at the Villa price graph, the 20 price graph. You know, there's been a bunch of them over the years, Bruges and Zenits and, you know, everything else in between. Um and then, you know, when people click on, like, oh, that's a viable option. It goes, whoop, <laughs> you know, um, because it's just then a little mini mass adoption test strategy, if that makes sense. So that's what you're doing is you're kind of trailblazing the idea of this team could work or whatever when you're doing that. And if you are at that drawing board stage, because it feels like a lot of people are looking for their own wee team to to 20 into, to villa into for this year, you know. And uh, Celta Vigo is probably one to, to pay attention to, I would say, if you're still out there shopping, as it were, mm. for a team to back as a passive thing yeah i like that shout i'll be keeping an eye on them this season i've got um i've got a larson um from their squad but no no one else so yeah i occasionally turn on 
when they're playing just to see if he's playing. He really impressed me in the Eredivisie. He hasn't quite hit the heights, has he? But he looks a good player. Um, and yeah, I mean, if Rafa can find a, a spot for him in that starting eleven, he might become a quite useful um, card for me. I think he ages out this summer. That's the only other thing. So he'll be competing with quite a few of my other cards in that champ division um, or in, you know, like the, the All-Stars. But um, it'll be interesting to see. I think we're coming to that time now, aren't we, of the sort of so rare roadmap at this time of the season. And there's been a lot of rollout over the last few weeks. Um, I want to shout out so rare data as well, actually, because one of the things we haven't mentioned just yet, really good update on their app for the phone. Uh, it's, it, it, I think it happened like last week. I just turned my phone on to have a quick look at what was going on. And yeah, like the, the new kind of interface, the new styling of it, love the way that the lineups and the leaderboards all look and, very impressed with that update. So uh, congrats, guys, if you're listening. Uh, um, so Red Data, the new update's looking really good. Um, and the new update has just let me know that Felipe has bagged himself an assist in the game uh, right now. So where does that put the lineups with him? <laughs> I'm a bit gutted that Palacios is still set on 35 points. But, um, but yeah, that does give my All-Star Rare Pro a little bit of a boost. He's up to 94 with his Super Rare. Um, which still puts me some way out of the cards. I need Palacios to hit an assist or a goal. Um, and then I need Vigant to start for Boca later. But yeah, um, great update. So, so rare Data doing big things. And uh, the So Rare app as well has made some improvements. I know, I know a lot of people that probably listen to our content are, are a bit more leaning towards using the So Rare Data app for all of their kind of goings on. But the So Rare app, has quietly been updating itself as well. Like you can look a little bit more at like your collection and stuff now, the kind of page Ooh. way that looks in there. I'm pretty sure that that is new. Um, and then, yeah, you can, you can, you can refer a friend inside there. Now you can do quite a few things that you can do on the website apart from go on the market, but there's a lot more little updates going on there that, haven't been publicly spoken about i think they're quietly updating the app in the background while they focus on getting a lot of the the tweaks to like nodes and stuff so i i was quietly um enthusiastic about that uh and i think we're getting close to that time now aren't we where everything's going to mm -hmm. start happening um nicholas has obviously spoken a lot on his twitter about all of the updates coming soon all those kind of things, being able to pin lineups to your lock screen as well. JC, uh, quite rightly shouting there as well. So there's um, there's a lot, there's a lot going on in terms of little product updates. Um, so yeah, I think the next three to four weeks in the lead up to some of these big divisions starting their fixtures early into August, and the expected marketing uh, window that comes with the hype around all of the kind of fantasy sports games starting for the new season, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, the front page of so rare, I noticed looks different as well. When you land on it before you've logged in, it kind of looks like this is what so rare is. Are you here to log in? Or are you here to sign up? And yeah, quite a lot of little things, lot of little things that people like us who log in every day probably don't notice, but quite, quite intriguing to say the least. Quinny, what are you excited for in the coming weeks leading up to the start of next season? 
Getting my house in order, Stish. I've filled out some more rare, like, outfield positions uh, this week, and I'm feeling quite good about... Like, I was a wee bit worried the master team was a bit thin or whatever. I've got a wee bit more numbers in there, a few more spots here and there. Won a card, obviously, blah, blah, blah. So, like, over the last two weeks, I've added, like, an hour, like... I don't know, let's say eight or nine cards that are going to play a part in the next season for me that I'm really optimistic about their outlook and whatever. So I've only got, I've released some really good content. I think it's really good. People keep saying they enjoyed it, which I'm really pleased about because I was worried it was going to be rubbish. But um, I released some content last night. There's a public version and a members version. And I, like when I'm in the studio here, like I've got a whiteboard space over there and I like lay all my teams out, my strategies and all the rest of it. Anyway, I'm at that point where I've wiped it back to zero. And then I'm kind of going through on camera how I build my strategy for the season from zero. Just because I thought I've done it now. It's probably a good opportunity to turn the camera on and maybe people think this will be fun. I don't know. So I gave it a go and I found it quite good. But anyway, when I look at that and I refer to that, I know I've got like two or three gaps to fill. And as soon as I fill them, like the, let's say the ROI potential, because that's what we're kind of basing these plans on. Is I'm looking at my squad, I'm looking at my club and you might be thinking, right, how competitive am I? What does that mean? Right, okay, that means I've got five teams. Where are the five teams playing? What do they actually are trying where are they actually trying to achieve, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So anyway, I've got two big holes that make a big difference to the whole club's outlook, if you get me. And um, but on top of that, Stish, I have kind of fell into uh, I was hoping Trubin was going to transfer this summer. Mm -hmm. So I made kind of wee oh it'd be nice if I had some under twenty three cover for the just in case and Oh, that's good. What have I got in U23? Just make sure all those kind of cards were in order. But after the first game of this group stage, Tenas, who I've got as a rare card, announced he is leaving Barcelona on a free transfer and he will be going yeah. somewhere to play football. So uh, I've definitely got him. It feels like just need to see where he goes ultimately. So I would definitely have a competitive under 23 element, which is not a priority. It's not something I'm targeting or whatever, but I've got so many cards now that qualify and are good enough now, et cetera, et cetera, that I'm actually kind of looking forward uh, in terms of what I've got on. I'm looking forward this season, actually. Uh, maybe Rare, maybe Rare Pro, I'm not too sure where exactly, but this season I'm looking forward to making a proper uh, season-long campaign at under 23 with like the roster of guys I've accrued to this point. So I'm kind of got a newbie side game on the go, if you get me. I like that. I, I definitely need to get my house in order. I, I think it will come a little bit clearer to me um, on the 1st of July when I can see clearly which players do have U23 utility for the games ahead once they've lost that. Uh, you know, like I'm, I'm aware of quite a few of the big ones that are aging out, but it will be a lot clearer for me to make plans. I think in my head, unless like some big moves happen, I'm going to be massively overpowered in Challenger because a lot of my good U23s play in Challenger. And, and they age out. So, yeah, I think once once that's apparent, I can have a little look at like how strong my U23, you know, selection is going to actually be and then make a decision on do I need to flip out of a few cards and in, back into some prospective talents for U23 for next season. But I think that's the main thing I need to do, if anything, in the market. But I, I probably won't be doing that until maybe this time next week once I can see exactly what players lose that, that 23 badge on on um, my gallery um it'll be a little bit easier to plan because i'm pretty sure there's no tooling on sorry data to just highlight the players that you know like or look at my gallery in a in a week from now versus like today um, yeah. but yeah that's the main one because i've been such a big u23 player 
But I think losing cards like Veerman, um, super rare, things like that were the difference. You know, having a couple of those like proper key U23 pieces in super rare. And I think I, I lose Veerman. I think I lose Daviv. I think I lose Florentine. So I lose three of like my big scoring super rares. Um, so yeah, I may have to, I may have to dip in to the market to get something like that to replace, but hopefully it won't cost me the world. But I think if you know that player is going to be a smasher, it's going to cost a lot. So it's the making the decision. Do you take a gamble? Do you take a plunge on a player that may or may not come good? Or do you wait a couple of weeks and see who's definitely going to be starting, who's likely to be pushing those big scores around? Um, so yeah, that, if anything, will be my strategy, I think. Just wait it out for a week or two and then see. So Jack says Daviv has one more year. I thought he aged out this summer. Well, that would be great because if he has... Good got, news. That is good. I thought he aged out. Collections have helped me have a longer-term focus, less chance to swerve, quit onto something else. And I'm I'm with looking to food on that kind of shout as well. Like a few of the cards i've picked up the first one i kind of mentioned this on content recently i'll go into it in more detail in another time but like that's the first i think if you've got an existing gallery you need to def i think for rares if you've got important cards they have to be on that two percent if it's a really important card you know for you mm. and if it's viable you know and if you want to be competitive and push this and like you say it's a it's what it's a really important card that you're going to have for multiple seasons no matter where they go or whatever I think getting that 2% locked in is uh, an important part of the game now. And fortunately, I think for some of the cards I've gotten, because some of the collections are a bit older, enough time has passed where these guys have all transferred into different situations. And equally as well, the last two seasons, the last season and a half, I've not wanted to play U23. I've actually sold keepers when they've peaked just to cash mm -hmm. them in. And uh, Challenger, I didn't play because I thought Celtic, I'm playing an All-Star because that's what I've got them for. Uh, but I've actually got a lot of Challenger options now and in, in squad positions that are not celtic uh, as well so again i think there's just going to be i think there's going to be a lot of different options available uh, to lots of different people for a, a bunch of different reasons you know uh, because of the way the collection is going players migrate and transfer around the place definitely yeah i was just looking at my gallery there and someone else we haven't spoken about at all for so long and i wonder what happens to him but shout out etienne green still in the gallery uh what if anything comes of him this season, uh, I haven't heard any news. Uh, I haven't seen any links. Um, but yeah, there's hard. There's no news on him. Is he's probably going to spend another season on the bench in the second division of French football? Um, but yeah, complete. Almost forgot I had him in the gallery for a minute. He's uh, he's gone so cold. But yeah, I'm hoping for a few moves for players like that, and then I think you know I could be a bit more optimistic about. Some of the U, the U23, maybe super rare division, going to lose a fair few good good pieces there, definitely. Um, there's a really good question in the chat, and it's one I probably can't answer, but someone else might be able to. Uh, Quagak32, can you use U23 cards this weekend that age out on the 1st of July? That's a yes. very good question. You use them, yeah? I think yeah. they're at lock. That mm -hmm. locks are fine, so you're in. I think this has happened before. If, if you can play them, they're in, you know. And then they're not going to cancel your lineup. Uh -huh. They won't be any good next weekend onwards. Yeah. Interesting. Good point, that. So a lot of our cards will be uh, getting their kind of swan song in the U23 division this weekend uh, if they've got a fixture. 
it'll be interesting because a few of them might actually oh no they won't be playing the u21 tournament but um yeah they'll they'll be a few China, sorry waving goodbye won't they to uh to a few to a few players in those divisions um yeah good question that thanks for that quagak um Lepazu, what do you guys think of Ibrahima Kanate? That's a very specific question. Quinny, I'll let you uh, go on that one. I'm not. I like him. A, I like him a lot. I watched a lot of Leipzig when the back three was Mukiele, Kanate, and Upamecano, and like all of the three Upamecano, like it was clearly like everyone's favourite, right? But for me, I I really like Kanate personally. I think he's an absolute monster of a centre back. I think he'll go on to. Maybe not this, or hopefully this season, right? But I think he'll definitely hit that kind of form for Liverpool where the rest of the Premier League fans, spectators, whatever, will definitely take a better notice of, oh, wow, he's actually, like, top level for Liverpool. That Kanate is not, like, you know, because he is, I think he's top notch. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think he's really good. And I think, like, he pairs well with Van Dijk, just... Uh, it's just fitness, I think, is the, the problem with Liverpool centre-backs, really, isn't it? They've got a lot there, haven't they? But, yeah, I mean, what I've seen of him has been pretty good. I don't watch too much of Liverpool for obvious reasons, but, uh, but yeah, good player. Good good for France as well. So, he'll be one of those players that I think will become really useful in the international breaks. I think he's going to go on to become a good mainstay in that French national team. I think the way he's been lined up um, and the way that France line up with you know, more often than not, three at the back um, against certain opposition now as well. So, a good a good player, especially with from a so rare perspective as well. Um, but yeah, Quinny, is there anything else we haven't touched on yet? I'm pretty sure we've got through as much as we hope to. Can you think of anything we haven't touched on just yet? Uh, I think that's pretty much the size of it. It's just transfer season. Under twenty ones, got Soreris, yeah. and I think that's about the size of it. Yeah, it's quite a quiet weekend. I don't think even with under twenty ones, I'm not sure there's that many fixtures on because also it's quarterfinals rather than a big group stage. We've got Asia again, mm. Asia's back, um, and there is an MLS uh, fixture sheet. I think so. There's more fixtures yeah. than there were maybe last weekend, but um, but yeah, nothing too uh, out of the ordinary. I did notice some of my league at MX. Are playing this weekend so i've got quite a few teams lined up um but nice. there'll be a lot of shuffling to be done quite a few players that i'm holding i've reason recently found out are injured so that's a, a kick in the nuts that i'm gonna have to deal with for the weekend but but yeah i think i'll have one of the busier weekends i've had for a little while so i'm looking forward to hopefully a bit of emperor at this time next week with a bit of luck and uh fingers yeah. crossed off air for a bit more joy in that uh chengdu fixture Hopefully, I can we can get a late um, Palacios um, decisive that will push me into the cards in Cap 240. Um, they're into the 73rd minute now. But yeah, I'll be keeping fingers crossed there. Hopefully, we've got some rewards to talk of at the beginning of next week's show. Anything else on that note, Quinny? No, nope, I think that's us, mate. All good. Fantastic. Good luck this weekend, everyone. Good luck, everyone. Cheers, all. <laughs>